Welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. And I am your host, Conrad Cushman, and we are here today with a preview for NXT TakeOver War Games and WWE Survivor Series 2018. This is episode 31 of the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. We are going to be previewing NXT TakeOver War Games and Survivor Series 2018. And to go along with the previews, we are going to have predictions as well, so don't think I forgot about those. But from now on going forward, I will be calling these shows previews and predictions will be included in them. Also, before we get into the shows, I did want to talk about Marvel's own superhero, Stan Lee. Uh, yesterday, which was November 12th, Stan Lee passed away, and he died at the age of 95 years old. If you don't know who Stan Lee is, he is known as one of the greatest in the worlds of comic books, film, everything else. Um, he is the person who created and co-created some of these characters. Black Panther, Spider-Man, the X-Men. Thor, Iron Man, the Fantastic Four, the Incredible Hulk, Daredevil, Ant-Man, and countless other characters. Now, he is huge in the world of entertainment. In 2009, Walt Disney bought Marvel Entertainment for $4 billion, and then they had the top-grossing superhero film of all time, Avengers Affinity War, that sold 2.05 billion worldwide earlier this year and it featured several marvel characters and i wanted to relate this back to wrestling while we're talking about stan lee while i'm giving him a little tribute here and stan lee is the type of person who had a great impact on pop culture he helped like he helped make outlandish characters acceptable in mainstream media. He helped pave the way for different guys in wrestling. Think of someone like the Hurricane, who was a superhero that was portrayed. Um, Owen Hart as the Blue Blazer is another one. Rey Mysterio, another guy who wore a mask but is seen as a superhero to a lot of kids. And so many luchadors and anyone else. And these guys are perceived as larger than life. And I think that relates back to someone's vision like Stan Lee who it didn't matter what race, what color we were, anybody could have been Spider-Man. Anybody could have been in the shoes of whatever character you loved. And for that, I wanted to give Stan Lee his props. And thank you very much, Stan Lee, for allowing people to believe in something different when this world isn't always so great.
This episode of Everything Pro Wrestling will be dedicated to Marvel's own Stan Lee. Also, guys, do me a favor and make sure you stick around till the very end because we will have our EPW Q&A and there are some very interesting questions in there at the end. Now, let's talk about NXT TakeOver War Games 2. Now, the first match we're going to talk about is Cassius Ono versus Matt Riddle. This match has not been announced. And actually, if you look at some of the wrestling websites, the match has been pulled. So I don't know if it's going to be on this show, but it's going to happen uh, previous, like before the actual pay-per-view, and then it'll show up on next week's NXT show. But let's talk about it anyway. Cassius Ono versus Matt Riddle is the match I believe we're going to see. And Cassius Ono right now has been going through this heel kind of phase where He is tired of, and I'm doing finger quotes right now, William Regal's new toys, and he's tired of facing them. And basically, Cassius Ono last year was in the exact same spot. Think about it. Last year, he fought against Lars Sullivan, and he was defeated by Lars Sullivan. But here he is again a year later in the exact same spot, and he is facing off against Matt Riddle. And Ono's tired of being in the same position. He's trying to elevate himself. I like it. Very cool. And Matt Riddle is the king of bros. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I have not seen too much of Matt Riddle wrestling, um, but I've been told he's very good. And in his debut, he impressed me. He is very different with his bro style, but um, he's got a cool finisher. I like the bro mission, uh, the twister for any MMA fans out there. Um In this match, I'm going to predict that Matt Riddle picks up the victory here. And I think Cassius Ono is the perfect opponent to make him look good. So no complaints there. Uh, I have Matt Riddle picking up the victory for that one. We get to our next match, which is for the NXT Women's Championship. It's a two out of three falls match. We have the champion Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane. Now we're going to talk about the NXT shows in general. We all know that when you watch these shows, there's always one match or prediction that you're really not sure about. And for me, this is it right here, I think. Um, You don't know which way they're going to go with this. So back at Evolution, Shayna Baszler, with the help of two of her fellow four horsewomen who aren't in WWE. Um, I know it's Roderick Strong's wife and Jasmine Duke, I believe is her name. I'm not sure, but I know they're training at the Performance Center right now. And how do I want to put this? This match, it seems like a layup. If someone just got the title, you expect them to retain it their next one. But Shayna Baszler is the first ever two-time NXT Women's Champion. And she's going off against her biggest rival, Kyrie Sane. I'm going to say this. I'm going to predict Kyrie Sane to pick up the victory here. I think it is going to go all three falls because it's wrestling and they always do. But I think they're going to switch the title back to Kyrie Sane. I think that they had a knee-jerk reaction at Evolution. They put the belt on Shayna Baszler because a lot of people thought Shayna Baszler is going to move up. I don't think it's quite the time yet, but I do see Kyrie Sane picking up the victory. And then after this, Shayna Baszler will move up to the main roster. And with the new match that we're going to get on the Survivor Series card, which I will get to later. Maybe she could play a factor into that. Maybe. But overall, though, I got Kyrie Sane picking up the victory in this one. Um, 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. And I like I said, it could go either way. And NXT always knows how to throw a curveball, and it's always a match that you didn't expect them to do it in. So who knows? Maybe it'll be in one of these other matches too. Now we get to a grudge match, I would like to call it. Aleister Black versus Johnny Gargano. This has been an interesting feud since Aleister Black was taken out since the last TakeOver preview I did on the podcast. Aleister Black, when he came back, he was knocking and kicking people. He was knocking them out left and right. It was great. And then we come to find out who was the person who took out Aleister Black. It is then said, well, where is he? And Johnny Gargano shows up and takes out Aleister Black again. And he said, I'm right here. And he talks about taking him out. And Johnny Gargano, speaking of Stan Lee on this podcast, is going through this like this morph of the yin and the yang that I love in Marvel movies. There is good and there is evil. But sometimes they have the exact same idea, but it just depends on how you look at it. Very deep, but and you can use that to a lot of Marvel's movies, but I won't get into that too deep. Johnny Gargano, as you can tell by even his attire, he's had like Venom attire and he's also had Spider-Man attire. Is Johnny Gargano still a hero? I think that depends on your outlook as a fan. I don't know if he's completely guilty either when I look at this storyline. I've had good conversations with other people in the everything pro wrestling community. And shout out to Phil Timms and everyone on Wrestling Amina who I had conversations with this about. And even in our everything pro wrestling Facebook group, is Johnny Gargano actually a heel? Or is he justified in his actions? I don't know. That's very difficult to answer and say. So Aleister Black wants his revenge in this match, and I think that this is going to potentially be the match that could steal the show. There's two of them on this card, actually. Three. So these guys are the first one. They they could steal the show easily just by the talent that they have. Um, but they have the chance to tell a great story here as well. Aleister Black, in my opinion, does not need this win. Aleister Black is main roster ready. Do I want him to go up there? Hell no. I don't want anyone to go to that main roster just because of what they could potentially do to ruin them. My prediction for the victory in this one is Johnny Gargano. Um, He needs the victory, and I think it's going to tell a better story with his character and where they're going with this storyline because I feel like everything with him and Tommaso Ciampa isn't done yet, but where do they go from here? I'm intrigued. This is something we don't get on the main roster, and that's why I love this. So I'm intrigued to see what happens. My prediction, Johnny Gargano picks up the win. Our next match is for the NXT Championship. Tommaso Ciampa versus the Velveteen Dream. The next match that I was talking about that could steal the show is this one right here, because the Velveteen Dream always puts on a good show, and so does Tommaso Ciampa. Now, in this match, I feel like the Velveteen Dream is going to be playing the babyface role, and I love it. I think the Velveteen Dream has been getting babyface reactions for at least the past couple months, and Tommaso Ciampa is still the best heel that WWE probably has. Now, 
they've had a good feud going back and forth. And I think this all started with accusing each other of who attacked Aleister Black. And we got a really cool segment last week with the Velveteen Dream trying to elbow drop Tommaso Ciampa. The refs all run in. No, 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 no. You can't do it. Get down. He gets down from the top rope, and then he runs immediately back up and drops a beautiful elbow drop on him, the Purple Rainmaker. And could it be that we see the new NXT champion be the Velveteen Dream? This could be one of those curveballs that I'm talking about. But at the same time, we have Tommaso Ciampa, and he has a developed story going on with Johnny Gargano and even potentially Aleister Black. So do you take the title off of Tommaso Ciampa? My guess is that they're not going to. They've told such a great story, and I think too much is invested in Tommaso Ciampa to do that. So I'm going to predict that Tommaso Ciampa picks up the victory in some kind of heelish manner, and he gets the win, and we move forward with him and Johnny Gargano's story as we get towards TakeOver in the uh, Phoenix area and then TakeOver in WrestleMania as well. And now we get to the main event. And this is why the show is called NXT TakeOver War Games. We have Team Undisputed Era, which consists of Adam Cole, Baby, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Roderick Strong. Now, when I just said Kyle O'Reilly, I definitely instantly thought of him playing the air guitar with the championship belt. Love it. Uh, We got Bobby Fish, who is back. Good to see him. And... We have the wrestling machine, Roderick Strong. So that team is really good. And then we have them versus, it says they're called Team War. I have not heard that yet, but we're going to call them that for now. And it will be Ricochet, Pete Dunn, and the War Raiders. You can't go wrong with this team right here. That is another all-star team and guys who will not let you down. So... <sighs> This is going to be a War Games match, and this time it's a traditional War Games match. I know last year when we saw the very first one, we had, I think it was three teams of three um, with the Undisputed Era, AOP, Insanity. It was a barn burner. And I think this one we're going to see the exact same thing. Same rules will probably apply, I assume, that you cannot leave the cage. You still have to follow the same rules of pinfalls or submissions inside of the cage in the ring. And they're going to have the tops off so people can jump off of them and stuff because it's 2018 and that's what fans want to see. What happens in this match? Um, I think it's going to be an absolute car wreck. War Raiders, very athletic dudes. If you have never seen them, um, I've seen them live a few times at Ring of Honor. They can do some pretty amazing things. So don't think that these guys aren't amazing. So don't be surprised if you see them do some flips and coast to coast, whatever. They can do a lot of different things. You have Pete Dunne, who is on a great title reign as the UK champion. And I love Pete Dunne. He's one of my favorites from that UK division. Um, He's just been tremendous. And I think he's going to show up. He's going to really impress people and show how dirty he can get inside of a cage. And Ricochet, the man's a freaking human highlight reel. What do you expect? But you also have the dirty heels over here of Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Roderick Strong. And you know what? They're not too bad themselves. We're going to get a great car wreck of a match. Weapons all over the place. People jumping off top of cages. Cool spots. 
I'm predicting that Team War is going to win with Ricochet, Pete Dunne, and the War Raiders. And I think this is going to showcase how good Ricochet is. And I think he's the one that they're going to try to build this up and around. And Ricochet will be the one to do some amazing flip. Or he'll be in the spot of the night. And Ricochet is going to get the win for his team. That's my prediction for NXT TakeOver War Games. If you guys are listening to this, please share your predictions or tell me what you think below. And now we're going to move on to Survivor Series 2018. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you're sitting back. You got a nice, refreshing beverage in front of you. And you got maybe some food to eat or you're playing a video game or something. Because we're going to talk about Survivor Series. And this card's a little bit longer than the one we just talked about. But this has been absolutely crazy. So let's get into some of the matches here and talk about them. The first match, which I think is going to wind up on the kickoff show, but who knows? We will have the Cruiserweight Championship match, which will be Buddy Murphy, who's the champion, versus Mustafa Ali. This match has the potential to steal the show on Sunday. And we have NXT TakeOver War Games on Saturday, which they get the benefit of the doubt because I haven't seen a bad TakeOver War Games yet. I've seen some Survivor Series that are kind of eh, But Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali, they get the benefit of the doubt because I have not seen these two put on a bad match yet. And they put on a match that could be on my top 10 like matches of the year because that's how good these dudes are. Now, I feel it's a little too early to take the title off Buddy Murphy. And I think you could tell a really good story with this if you have Buddy Murphy beat Mustafa Ali the right way whether it's by cheating or some form or fashion like that, or he loses because he got hurt or he did a big move and messed up. So I'm going to go with Buddy Murphy for the win, but this could be the match of the weekend. I'm just saying it now. It could be. We get to our next match, which is a SmackDown versus Raw match. We have all these damn tag teams in the ring. This just reminds me of something straight out of like the 1987-88 Survivor Series with all these damn teams in the ring. Um, So on the Raw side, we have the tag team of, I'm calling them (laughs) Glorious and Victorious, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. We have They Never Win the Ascension, so I'm pretty sure they won't be the surviving team. We have the B team, who I guess they just resurfaced because I haven't seen them in weeks. Uh, Lucha House Party and a tag team that is near and dear to my heart but doesn't get a lot of TV time, The Revival. And they're going to be taking on teams from the SmackDown side, and those teams are The Usos, The New Day, Epico and Primo. I don't know where they dug them up from either. I have not seen them in months. Uh, The Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, and Sanity. So I'm looking at both sides here, and I'm trying to balance out you know they're going to have to have, let Raw win some, let SmackDown win some. Um, I I just don't see the strength on the Raw team, though. I mean, look at it. The Usos are pretty amazing. So are New Day. And the only team up there that seems pretty good would be Gable and Rude in the Ascension. Everyone else, I think you can just basically cross out of this. And in the end... I'm going to say that the Usos and New Day, with all the build that they've had up behind them throughout this entire tag team division, 
these are the main two stars of it. Gable and Root are pretty new in the revival. They haven't given enough TV time to. And maybe this is a way that you can establish them. I'd be cool with that too. But I'm predicting SmackDown to take this one. And I could see like the Usos and New Day being the final teams or even the Usos being the sole surviving tag team, whatever you want to call it. But pretty cool. Um, SmackDown picks up the win for the tag teams, in my opinion. We get to another tag team match, but this time it is the Raw Tag Team Champions versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. We have the Authors of Pain versus The Bar. Hmm. This is an interesting one. I feel that The Bar, if they're going to have Big Show ringside, that makes things quite unique. And at the same time, though, don't forget the Authors of Pain have uh, 205 Live's general manager, Drake Maverick, in their corner. Don't ask. So this match is, I think it's going to be a hard-hitting match. And I would like to see how Cesaro and Sheamus are going to work with them. I know that they have quite the chemistry, but the Authors of Pain are really good. And in this one, I'm going to predict that the Authors of Pain pick up the win. I don't know if Big Show gets banned from ringside or maybe New Day comes out to get revenge on him, something. But I'm going to go with the Authors of Pain pick up the victory in this one. Our next match is another 5-on-5 Survivor Series tag match. This one we will have Raw versus SmackDown. But this match will consist of women competitors. And we will have for the Raw side, Mickey James, Tamina, Nia Jax, Natalia, and Ruby Riot. Before I get into this, where the hell are Sasha and Bailey on this list? I can't lie, guys. This is BS in my opinion. Like, you did all of that. You had them fight a match on Raw, which looked like it could have been pretty decent, just to put Ruby Riot in this spot. And that's nothing against Ruby Riot because I think she deserves it. Tamina, does she deserve it? Eh. I mean, Mickey James, I guess it all makes sense with the Alexa Bliss stuff, but to me on paper, this team looks pretty weak, and you could have did a better job with the talent you have for the Raw side. Now on the SmackDown side, we have Asuka, Sonya Deville, Carmella, Naomi, and we have a new to-be-announced person because Charlotte Flair has been moved into a different match. We'll get into that when we talk about all of the other matches. So we have a, a hole in this match, which I, they love to do this for Survivor Series, too. Another miniature rant real quick. Why on earth do we have these matches promoted and everything is all set? And then throughout the weeks leading up to Survivor Series, stuff changes. People are taken out. Everything gets switched around. I don't know if it's meant to confuse the viewer or why they do it that way, but whatever. I have two people who could be in this spot. For female competitors. I think one is Mandy Rose potentially. Um, If you're going to actually give her the big push. Mandy Rose is someone who you could put in that spot. And I know why they want to push her. She's got the looks. And maybe in ring. I don't know if she's got anything. I haven't seen anything yet that's impressed me. But she looks the part. Mandy Rose also acts like a superstar. So I'll wait to see before I put any judgment on it. Next though. The person who I think it should be. Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross could give them that edge, put them over the line, and this is how she should have debuted instead of losing to Becky Lynch, in my opinion. 
So if they do that, and I'm just going to assume for my prediction, Nikki Cross will be the person put into the match. I've got Team SmackDown winning this. Excuse me. Drink it from the big yellow cup of doom if you watch my YouTube videos. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Team SmackDown for the females here for picking up the victory. It just seems like a layup, and I don't really like Raw's team for, I would say, two-fifths of the team. Like, I don't know. They could have picked better people, in my opinion. But we're going to have to work with what we got. And you have different storylines happening, too, with Raw. Tamina and Nia Jax are like kind of a new team. Mickey James is there because she's Alexa Bliss's friend. That could develop into something. And Natalia and Ruby Riot are having a feud right now over her father's sunglasses. So we'll see. We get to the next match, which is an interesting one. We will have the Intercontinental Champion for Monday Night Raw versus SmackDown Live's United States Champion, Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Currently, Nakamura is not engaged in any feud because I feel like once they put the U.S. title on him, they forgot about him. We also have Seth Rollins, who is in a feud with Dean Ambrose. And let me say this, that Dean Ambrose promo for Monday Night Raw, absolutely amazing. Dean Ambrose did a good job in that promo, in my opinion. I know some people didn't like it, but I thought it was very cool how he burnt the shield gear and basically just said he's done with it. And Rollins looked mortified that he actually did that. With that being said... Seth Rollins, I don't think, needs to win this match. Shinsuke Nakamura needs this win way more than Seth Rollins does. Shinsuke Nakamura is what I call, he's in like mid-card purgatory. He has the U.S. title, so it's like, yeah, we care about you. We like you. We put a championship belt on you. But he's not being used, and he's just in a weird spot, and I don't like it. So they could be doing better with him on SmackDown Live. But Rollins doesn't need the win because he's got a great feud with Dean Ambrose. This is one of the things that I'm interested in on Monday Night Raw. One of the very few things. So I don't know if you have Ambrose cost him it, but I think Seth Rollins is eating a Kinshasa and Shinsuke Nakamura is picking up the win in this one. Match number six, guys. We get to another five-on-five Survivor Series match. Team Raw, we have... Baron Corbin's the captain of this team. We have Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley versus the SmackDown team of the captain, The Miz, Shane McMahon, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe, and Rey Mysterio. Hmm. Very tough to predict this one. You have so many good things going on both sides. I look at this and I see several different things. You have The Miz, who is the captain. He, You're probably wondering what happened to Daniel Bryan. That'll be explained later, I promise. Um, the Miz is the captain of this team. And he he's with Shane McMahon. He's got Jeff Hardy on his team. He's got Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio. Miz is the standout star right now of that team. And I don't know what they're going to do for this one. But all right, forget that. Let's look at the raw side too. We have Finn Balor. What's he been doing lately? Eh, he's in the same spot he's always been in. The man's a damn crest ad waiting to happen where he's always smiling. Smiling Finn's always out there. 
We got Braun Strowman, who is threatening to destroy Baron Corbin, and he wants his rematch with Brock Lesnar. He's in a strong position. They're going to want to make him look strong. You also have Dolph Ziggler. Um, He puts on great matches. It's very hard to care about him. I blame that on EPW member Robert Anderson when we went to uh, SmackDown Live a couple years ago. And I finally had the realization hit me that nobody cares about Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) And um, Drew McIntyre. He's the man, in my opinion. He's the guy that you're going to want to build around. Drew McIntyre has it. He's got the fire. And he is someone that you want leading your roster. And then we also have Bobby Lashley. In the end of this match, I don't know how you make this work, how you play it off. But I think maybe you have Corbin, Kosh, Strowman. And in the end, I think the sole survivor is going to be Drew McIntyre. And if you're going to push him and you want to make him look strong, that's how you do it. I know that the same could be said for The Miz and you need to make him look strong for SmackDown Live. But I think Miz has enough backing him that he doesn't need this. So Drew McIntyre is going to be my standout performer in this one. And I'm going to go with Team Raw to pick up the victory. Pardon me as I have to turn the page for this as we talk about the final two matches. Originally, we were supposed to get Ronda Rousey versus, and she's the Raw Women's Champ, versus the SmackDown Live Women's Champ of Becky Lynch. Well, due to the ending on Monday Night Raw where Becky Lynch came in and put Ronda Rousey in the disarmor, and the women came in and attacked all the other females. Nia Jax delivered a blow that looked like it probably shattered Becky Lynch's nose or her face. I don't know what happened, but Becky Lynch cannot compete now because of it. She had a concussion. She's injured. Whatever. She's out. On SmackDown, they had her pick her replacement for who it was. They had all the women lined up. They teased her possibly picking Mandy Rose. They teased her picking Asuka, but she went back to her good old pal, Charlotte. And Charlotte knows something about ending people who are on undefeated streaks, if you watched WrestleMania this year. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey is happening. This is WrestleMania 35 come early if you believe the reports from a year ago. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. I don't know if you guys are excited for the match. I'm interested to see what happens with it still. I I definitely thought if it was Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, I would have closed the show with that match. Not even joking. Um, Becky Lynch is the man, as she's been calling herself. And I think that they deserve that top spot to close out the show. With the new card, I would flip that a little bit. I don't think that's the most talked about thing. But in this match, who wins? My prediction is Ronda Rousey picks up the victory here. Um, I just don't see Charlotte picking up the win quite yet. This could be... You have two ways to go about this. Charlotte Flair could come back and you do a redemption storyline at WrestleMania and Charlotte Flair wins the Royal Rumble for the women. Right? Could do that. What I think would be more interesting is having Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey later on, and that be the storyline. I think that could be also more interesting, in my opinion. And going back to what I said about Shayna Baszler moving up, what if you have the UFC four horsewomen end up showing up and going up against 
the other four horsewomen of NXT or WWE, Charlotte, Sa- Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Becky Lynch. But will Becky be able to get involved by Sunday? I don't know, but you could do even a cool face-off and tease it like this is going to be happening. Um, Hold on here. I am getting the name of the UFC Four Horsewomen because it's going to bother me if I don't get this. So it's Ronda Rousey, Marina Shafir, Shayna Baszler, and Jasmine Duke. I think I said that right, Jasmine Duke. And those girls could face Charlotte Flair, Sasha, Becky Lynch, and Bailey. It'd be interesting. And I thought that that would be the match that they would have set up for Survivor Series here. We didn't get that. But I think it would be very cool to see that. Um, With that being said, Ronda Rousey's my prediction to win. And we get to the main event of the show, which I think will be Universal Champion versus WWE champion. We are going to have Brock Lesnar versus a, oh, it's not AJ Styles anymore because he just lost the belt literally a couple hours ago. And we now have Daniel Bryan as the WWE champion. And oh, no, no, no. It's not babyface Daniel Bryan. It's heel Daniel Bryan. And this is another match that, so that match is happening early with Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey. This is the match that I thought we were going to get at SummerSlam in 2014. After WrestleMania 30, when he won, this is the match that I wanted to see at SummerSlam that year, where Brock Lesnar would finally defeat Daniel Bryan for the title and take the belt. We never got that match. We're going to get it now, but here's the difference. Daniel Bryan's a heel. He low-blowed AJ Styles and then beat the crap out of him on SmackDown Live and then smiled. He looked evil. So we have Daniel Bryan, who's going to be different in this match. Um, I think you show off whatever Bryan's new style is going to be, and you let Daniel Bryan go to work in this match and get all the heat he can. And in the end, though, I think that Brock Lesnar is going to win by hook or by crook. Brock Lesnar has a big match. WWE, I feel, wants him to go to UFC with the Universal Championship when he faces off against DC. And once that match happens, and that's, I'm sorry, Daniel Cormier, if you're not familiar with uh, UFC, they want Lesnar to go in with that title when he faces DC. If he wins, that's big publicity for WWE, him holding both belts. And I feel like that's what they want out of this. And they're going to find a way to do that. And you could further Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles by having AJ interfere in this match. It cost him. This show looks like they have a pretty decent card. And they can make the best of this. I know some people aren't fans of it. I know that a lot has happened. And a lot of changes occurred from all the stuff you heard me talking about in this preview. But We'll see what happens with that. I'm, I think that you could still make a pretty decent card out of this and lead into the Royal Rumble very strong. And that's what I hope we get to see out of this. And I look forward to seeing how creative WWE can be. And hopefully they get some juice from that NXT show the night before. I really just want to see a good show out of Survivor Series, something that can compete with NXT. And I don't want it to be the same old story like, oh, NXT was so much better than the main roster pay-per-view. So, WWE, give it up for your fans. 
With all that being said, um, I just wanted to touch on Daniel Bryan's heel turn a little bit more. I think that it came at a good time for him. When Daniel Bryan came out, I noticed that he was not as over the past few weeks. I feel like the yes movement was kind of done, and Daniel Bryan needs to go back in and reinvent himself. And Daniel Bryan as a heel, I always thought he did a really good job as it. Um, I prefer him as a babyface, but he needed something new to do. So I'm okay with this, and I'm interested to see how this all works out for him. Like I said, I'm willing to give it a shot, so hopefully it's something good. But with that being said as well, one last time, let's get into the EPW Q&A. And our first question, and many of them will be coming from Robert Anderson. Robert Anderson asked the first question of, what do you do with The Undertaker now that Triple H will be out for months and Sean saying he's done for good now? (sighs) The Undertaker. I have no idea, man. I think personally it's time for Undertaker, Kane, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. It's time to hang them up. I don't don't think these guys have anything left to prove. I get that you want the big paydays, but if I'm WWE, you don't need those guys for that. I would rather have Shawn training people and getting guys like Adam Cole, Ricochet, the Velveteen Dream. Get those guys ready for the next level so that they can be putting on the same great matches that you were. And Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Undertaker Kane, in those roles, those guys will be worth every single penny. So for Undertaker for WrestleMania, I've got nothing. Um, The only other thing I think that you could do something with him in that regards would be a rematch with John Cena at this point, which I'm really not too keen on seeing. Next, what would you consider an even swap between five WWE superstars and five New Japan stars? And would you pull the trigger on the trade? Interesting. Um, I would love to see the elite come over and that would mean Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Marty Skrull, and the Young Bucks would be the five that I think WWE would really want. But who from WWE could you give up to get those five? And let's see here. Let's go back and look at that Survivor Series team here. I mean, you could send over people like Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, Dolph Ziggler, and Bobby Lashley for them. I don't know if they would want them. And the only other trade that would potentially be fair would be giving up the Undisputed Era, which would be crazy as well. But to get those guys... They may be worth it because I think that the elite are making more money right now to answer your question, Robert. And that's off the top. Uh, Let's see what your next question is. How would you book an NXT invasion without Triple H? Who would lead the charge? What five matches would you book for the final showdown and what brand would go over? Well, that's tough, Robert, because I feel at the end of the day, the main roster has to go over because if that's where you're making most of your money from a business standpoint, that's who you're going to want to put over. But you also don't want to make NXT look weak. And if you do something like that, once again, I'm going with the Undisputed Era to lead the charge. 
They have the armbands. They got all the cool merch. And I think they are the top guys in NXT. And if it's not them, Tommaso Ciampa easily would be the other person that would have lead the charge. Uh, What five matches would you book for the final show? Hmm. Well, the Shield's not together anymore, so that's going to ruin one of my ideas. Um, I think you'd have to go with some type of crazy tag team matches. Uh, for like the world title, you'd have to do like Tommaso Ciampa. It would be set up just like this, like Tommaso Ciampa versus Brock Lesnar. The Undisputed Era versus AOP. Um, or even The Bar there's too many people. They would be outnumbered, the NXT brand. That's why I don't know if this would make full sense of it. But in the end, though, WWE goes over. I really don't have five matches off the top of my head to think of. Um, But the NXT brand would look strong. But in the end, the main roster would prevail in the main match that mattered. What is your biggest what if in wrestling? Mine would be what if Shawn Michaels never heard his back on the casket spot? P.S. Don't use the Montreal screw chop. All right. Well, that limits that one. Um, my biggest what if in wrestling? I think my biggest what if is what if WWE actually listened to CM Punk and started trying to do things the way he was talking about? Because I feel like they flubbed that entire storyline and they screwed up big time with him. And I would love to see what would have happened if CM Punk got the full year run. He got to main event WrestleMania and then he made all those changes backstage like he wanted to. And they said, go ahead, Punk, what do you think? How can we be more creative? How can we do better storylines? How can we get these guys involved and make these titles matter? Because uh, for a little bit there, I thought that everything was going really good. And I was enjoying myself watching pro wrestling again. And I never saw so many people wearing those best in the world shirts. So CM Punk is my answer for that. Uh, we have Eric Patterson. What do you do now that Becky Lynch is most likely out of the event? Well, Eric Patterson, we found out that they're going to replace her with Charlotte. So... I would definitely hold off, I believe, um, and save Becky versus Ronda Rousey for the main event of WrestleMania, and you could build that to being a really big match at potentially your main event. Brandon Anderson asks, who's the better bro, RVD or Matt Riddle? And also, do you support the use of cannabis products for pain management and professional wrestling, like RVD, Matt Riddle, and MVP, and etc.? who's the better bro huh you know what i'm gonna go with rvd for right now because i don't know enough about about matt riddle but matt riddle you got time to win me over bro (laughs) um yeah rvd one of my favorites when he was on ecw and then when he came over to wwe how can you hate the guy he's just laid back and he was always kind of cool um do i support the use of cannabis products for pain management Personally, when it comes to all this stuff, I really don't care if people are using that, Um, if they're smoking weed, whatever you want to call it, for cannabis products. Uh, That doesn't matter, in my opinion. I think in the country we live in, in the United States, very hard to... I think that that line is getting blurrier and blurrier. Like, does it really matter? It doesn't. And... As long as he's not doing it before a match and it's not going to affect his in-ring performance, I don't really care. 
if they do it, if it makes you feel better, great, man. As long as you're not hurting anybody, it's your choice, your decision. That's how I feel. And next, do you do anything with Batista now that Triple H is injured? That's up to Dave Batista. Um, If he has anyone else that he would like to work with, if it were up to me, I think that there's only one other person who could replace Triple H, and that would be Randy Orton at this point. And you could tell an evolution story, and maybe that Triple H will be in Orton's corner, and he's sending Randy Orton after Batista because of what he did to him, yada, yada, yada. And maybe you could build to a big SummerSlam match between the two, and hopefully Triple H is back by then. But Batista deserves that last feud. He's done an amazing job. And Marvel works its way back in here again with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if he's filming for that or what's going on with Batista with his schedule for that. But Batista versus Randy Orton is the only other match I could see them doing at this point. Unless they have him face Brock Lesnar. That would be another like fantasy dream matchup that we never got. Could you imagine Batista versus Brock Lesnar back in like 03, 04? Man, that would have been amazing to see those guys go at it. I don't know if it would have been a good match because we saw Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 20. But thank you guys so much for submitting those questions. I appreciate it. And if you're still with me, every single week, guys, you can send me those questions. I'll make a thread. You send in the questions, and I will do my best to answer them. And I really appreciate it. And if you guys want to ask a couple, feel free. Works for me. I'll read them on the air and we'll talk about them. I'd love to hear some responses from other people to them as well. Thank you so much for that. But let's get ready to end this episode of the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. Guys, if you're interested in what my thoughts on the show afterwards will be, I will have reviews up on my YouTube channel immediately after the shows. Hopefully, I'll be able to talk for a little bit and give you guys my quick thoughts. And we will talk about NXT TakeOver. We'll talk about Survivor Series. And we can talk about whatever else you guys want to if you're in there live chat. Keep the conversation going. I appreciate it. All the links for anything that's everything pro wrestling will be in the description box. Thank you so much for listening. I know this was my longest episode, but it was worth it. It was worth a good discussion, and you guys are worth it. So thank you so much. We're out. Peace.